Good evening and welcome to This Week in Football from the makers of Low Limit Football. I am your host, Joe Ucello, and as always tonight, I am joined by my co-host, Mr. Roberto Rojas, and special guest, Alex Schaefer, content manager for the Bundesliga. Gentlemen, thank you both for joining me. I'm looking forward tonight to going over the Bundesliga, the first league to return, the first of the top five leagues to return after this coronavirus pandemic. Let's... um. Refresh our memories as to where we stand in the Bundesliga with roughly 25 match matches played. We have Bayern Munich leading the way at 55 points, Dor- Borussia Dortmund in second at 51, RB Leipzig on 50 points, Mönchengladbach rounds out the uh, the Champions League spots at 49 points. In fifth place, Bayern Leverkusen on 47 points, Schalke 10 points back on 37 points. Then outside the European windows, we have Wolfsburg at 36, Freiburg at 36 as well. Hoffenheim at 35 points, FC Cologne at 32 points, Union Berlin at 30, Eintracht Frankfurt, far cry from where they were last year, 28 points right now, Hertha Berlin on 28 points, Augsburg on 27, Mainz on 26, then in the relegation spots, Fortuna Dusseldorf on 22 points, Werder Bremen on 18 points, and Paderborn round out the table at 16 points. Alex, I want to start with you and going back to the top of the table at, uh, and look at Bayern Munich quickly. They were on an absolute tear, having not lost a match since uh, early December. How do they regain that form, especially with this abrupt layover that we suffered from because of the co- uh, coronavirus pandemic? How do they get back to their winning ways? Um, I mean, I think for them, it comes down to what is usually what makes them such a great dominant team is all about mentality and you know a lot of those players that they have the likes of Manuel Neuer and and Joshua Kimmich have always spoken about having this sort of ingrained mentality where they just go into every single game expecting to win no matter what and I think that's just going to be the same thing for them you know they've been on this amazing run and they're even going to have more boosts coming back Robert Lewandowski missed the last couple of games they won 6-0 against Hoffenheim and 2-0 against Augsburg so it wasn't much of a miss but to have him back fully fit um, for when the Bundesliga starts again next week is going to be huge. And, and centre-back Nicholas Sula has been back in training as well. So for them, you could argue that they're even stronger than they were before the coronavirus hit. So for Bayern, it's going to be all about, as you said, uh, trying to get back into the rhythm. Obviously, you want to start with a big win, if they can, against Union Berlin, because they really have some difficult games before the end of the season. They have to play three of the top four teams Um as the, as the table stands, so um, for them, it's going to be a real test to see if they can, you know, hold off this charging pack behind them. Now, looking into the team that's right coming behind them, it is Borussia Dortmund, a team that, as we have seen, was able to dominate. You know, for you would say in those top spots for in the Bundesliga. You know, we have seen the likes of someone like Jaden Sancho, who has been able to hit double digits for goals and assists. We obviously see the emergence of Erling Haaland and his goal ratio. I mean. Looking at what Lucien Favre has been able to do, and you know, it was a bit unfortunate that they were able to that that they um, got knocked out of the Champions League to the expense of PSG. But you know, with only uh, four points behind each other, and obviously it's going to be a tough schedule for them because obviously they have to play Schalke in their first game back, and then going to play Bayern uh, ten days after that. I mean, this is really a make-for-break season for, or, or moment for for Dortmund, um, uh, Alex. Yeah, especially after last season, because, um, you know, as much as Bayern you know, won the title, I think for me personally, looking back at it, it's much more of a Dortmund losing the title. Um, having been nine points clear in January, you know, they, they suffered defeats at Augsburg and, you know, let a 2-0 lead slip, at, uh, a 1-0 lead slip, sorry, at home to Schalke and lost 4-2. And they let so many results go against them where they really should have won these games. And, 
And obviously that's what they're going to try and do this season. They're going to try and make sure that, you know, coming up against the likes of Schalke, of course, you know, it's going to be a really big game. But as well as that, you know, they're, they're playing Paderborn, who are fighting for their lives, Fortuna Dusseldorf as well. They have to make sure that they get points all across the board because that's what Bayern are able to do. That's what Leipzig are able to do. And, you know, that's that was down, that was Dortmund's downfall last season. They just let their confidence slip at the, at the wrong time in the business end of the season. And, and you know, for them, as well as Dortmund, as well as Bayern, they've been on a good run of form. They only lost one game in, in 2020 so far, which was against Leverkusen. So for, for them, having the likes of Erling Haaland and Sancho, as you said, banging form, they'll be wanting to make sure that they come back on fire as well. And, um, yeah, try and right some of the wrongs of last season, which are um, still haunting a few of the players, I think. Now, looking into the team right behind Dortmund, we have RB Leipzig, who obviously... It is obviously difficult when you look at a competitive season when you're five points behind the top table, but the top uh, leader in Bayern Munich. But nevertheless, because of Dortmund's intense schedule within the next few games, if Leipzig are able to come back and, and be able to to find their form and, and win their first few games, um, you know, they are they really in for a shot to really compete for Bayern Munich or for that title? Or do you feel that maybe they're still reliant on what's going to happen to qualify for the Champions League? And of course, what's going to happen in the Champions League when it comes back? I mean, I think the one of the best things about the Bundesliga is how, you know, it, it might be seen as a, maybe a less non-competitive, uh, more non-competitive league because Bayern have won it for the last uh, seven seasons, but the league table changes so much throughout a campaign. It's easy to forget that Gladbach have been top of the table for most of this season so far, um, and they're fourth now, you know, six points behind Bayern Munich. So it can all change really quickly. And for Leipzig, I think one of their main advantages, is, as you said, is they've had that Champions League win over Tottenham. They've got that confidence as well. That's a new benchmark for them as a club. And, you know, you look at the fixtures they've got for the remainder of this season, and, you know, they only really play against Dortmund as a team who are sort of competing towards the top end of the of the table. So they've got a really favourable fixture list. And, um, of course, you know, they can only do as much as they can. They can only go out and win their games. They have to rely on the likes of Bayern and Dortmund to slip up. But as I said, you know, so many games coming up between those top guys, between Bayern and Dortmund, Bayern can't win all of those games. You know, early in the season, they lost two games in a row and they were against Leverkusen and Gladbach. Um, so, you know, everything can happen in the Bundesliga. It's, it is one of the most competitive leagues. And, and that's why a team like Leipzig, even if they are, you know, five points off the pace right now, there's there's still 27 points to play for. And so much can change, um, especially with the advantages that they had, like I said. Now, Alex, I want to jump in on Leipzig as well, because obviously they they were actually leading the way in the Bundesliga for quite a bit of time back in December and November and only recently have been uh, leapfrogged by Bayern Munich. Julian Nagelsmann has done an incredible job with the team, but I think right now we're looking at a team that even though they disposed of Tottenham Hotspur in the Champions League and moving on to the next round into the quarterfinals of the Champions League, does this team have the depth uh, to to compete both for that Bundesliga title to get back into the race and as well uh, turn around and compete Champions League once that competition picks up back in what what they're saying right now is going to be August? I think that's a really good question because... You know, a lot of people look at the depth of Bayern, which is why they're able to compete on two fronts. And I think you could easily argue that Leipzig have the next best depth in the Bundesliga, you know, across all positions and experience of players as well. Obviously, it's a very young squad. A lot of young guys who are, you know, competing at the top of the Bundesliga for the first time, playing in the knockouts of the Champions League for the first time. Um, but they have this sort of collective 
core of, of these young guys who are just sort of fearless. And, you know, you look at the depth that they've had this season as well. You know, they've had Ibrahim Kanate, who's been in and out of the squad through injuries and suspensions. Pamakana has been injured. Willie Orban has been injured a lot. So they've had the likes of left back, usual left back Marcel Halstenberg playing at centre back for a lot of the time. Lucas Klosterman has done the same. Um, you know, Tyler Adams has been injured. They've had, you know, new guys coming in like Christopher Nkunku. Hannes Wolf, a new signing since last summer, has hardly played just because of injury. They've got all of these really interesting and talented guys who are in and around the squad. Um, and it will, it will like come down to whether they can compete. You know, a lot of these guys, like the, the likes of Tyler Adams, haven't played as much this season as they will have been used to. Um, whether they can step up to the plate when they needed to is going to be a big question. But um, I think for them, the full focus has to be on the Bundesliga because, you know, they finished second once before behind Bayern Munich. And I think winning the title would be would be an incredible achievement for them. And it, and it would be a huge a goal for them to overcome. And I think they've got into the Champions League knockout rounds a lot sooner than they had planned. Um, and obviously for them being able to beat Tottenham the way they did last year's uh, runners-up in the competition was was huge and pretty unexpected for them um, as a team. So they've overachieved massively since they've been in the Bundesliga. And I think for them, the main goal would be to win the Bundesliga. So if they can use the depth that they have, even if it is a young squad, um, it would be incredible. And now looking into Mönchengladbach, Alex, I mean, you know, they obviously also were uh, top of the table for some time as well. And I think what Marco Rose, the manager, has been able to do with this squad has been incredible, given that they were able to do a lot of shopping in the summer and getting the likes of Breland Bolo, you know, getting someone like Marcus Turan and obviously adding into the important players that are already there, like Lars Stindl, uh, Alessandro Klee and, and Jan Sommer, the goalkeeper. I mean, how do, would you assess Mönchengladbach's season so far? I think considering they lost Dorgan Hazard in the summer, um, it's been incredible just because he was so important to everything that they did um, for the last few years. Um, there was a lot of scepticism about how they could bounce back. But as you said, they bought really well and Bolo and Taram have been outstanding. Alisson Player as well has been a revelation since he's been in the league. Um, and the main guy, Marco um, Rosa, has been a, a revelation for them as well. The tactician, the head coach. Um, the way they play, they're one of the most fun teams to watch in the league just because it's sort of arcing back towards Klopp's sort of, you know, full throttle, heavy metal football. They sort of full-on counter-attacks. There's never, it's, you rarely see a player walking um, when Gladbach are playing all the way back from, you know, Jan Sommer in goal, who's been arguably the best goalkeeper in the Bundesliga this season, um, all the way up front. They're, they're a non-stopping team, the full engines all across the board. Um so for them, they've they've overachieved as well this season. But as you said, they've been on top and they've had their big results. Obviously, they've been disappointed to suffer defeat the way that they did to Borussia Dortmund um, in the final weekend before the uh, coronavirus stopped play. So for them, if they can get into the Champions League again, push Leipzig and Dortmund as well, um, that would be a huge achievement. Achievement considering you know all the new faces that they've had this season. 100%. Now, looking into, obviously, match day uh, coming up next weekend, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see, obviously, how these teams will fare out after a long time of not playing because of COVID-19. But, you know, just, uh, you know, we have some of the big matches, obviously, with some of the teams we already mentioned, your Dortmunds against Schalke, you know, watching Blackhawk playing Frankfurt, uh, Leipzig playing Freiburg. Uh, you know, we mentioned Leverkusen as well. They're playing a Vetter Bremen side that is trying to fight out to get out of the relegation spot. Union Berlin against Bayern Munich, as you had mentioned. I mean, you know, what are some of the things to, to look out for for this upcoming uh, match day? 
I think you mentioned the main one is obviously the Riviera Derby between Dortmund and Schalke. It's going to be, um, it is always one of those games. And I was actually just watching an interview from Gio Reyna, the young American uh, teenager for, for Dortmund, saying about the derby. And, you know, obviously they're bummed out that there's not going to be any fans in the stadium because the atmosphere that they create for the derby is unmatchable, to be honest. Um, but for, for them and the team, they know that it's going to be a high-intensity game whether there's fans there or not. So, you know, the fan support is obviously huge, but for the players as well, it means so much just because they know what it means to the club. Um, so that's going to be a game you're not going to want to miss this weekend. Um, and one of my other games that I'm going to be keeping a close eye on is Fortuna Dusseldorf against Paderborn. Um, you know, it's it's often the case that a lot of the lower league teams sort of get missed out because it's it's not the best football or it's not maybe as, as, as attractive to watch as, you know, Dortmund playing against Schalke or something like that. But, you know, Paderborn in their first season back in the Bundesliga are six points off Fortuna Dusseldorf who sitting in the relegation playoff spot. So it's a sort of early, early late season relegation six pointer, which could, you know, blow up into a, a pretty crazy game if all goes well. So, um, you know, whether or not there are fans there, it's it's going to be a fun weekend to watch always in the Bundesliga, and the players are going to be going at it full throttle. So, I, I mean, you know, you picked out the nice storylines there, and I think another one I would add is just Fortuna, just off Paderborn. I have a good feeling that that's going to be one of those old school relegation dogfight games. And I'm glad you brought up the Paderborn-Dusseldorf matchup because I know here in the United States, many eyes are always going to be on Dusseldorf because of Zach Steffen, the U.S. men's national team goalkeeper. He actually has had quite a rough season so far, suffering many injuries and was on his way back when the coronavirus uh, paused all play in, in the Bundesliga and since then has picked up another injury. Do we know the status of, of Zach Steffen? I believe I've heard that he's out another three weeks. What does this mean for him, and what does this mean for Dusseldorf? Yeah, he's going to be out for, for a little while longer, I think, just because, um, as you said, it's been this sort of niggling knee injury that he's had, and it is a shame because it's been huge for them uh, at the start of the season. Really uh, impressed because a lot, not, not a lot of people knew much about him in, the, in Germany and in the Bundesliga, so... Um, you know, for Dusseldorf, he was a huge part of the, the success that they had in the early part of the season. Um, for him, it sounds like Fortuna Dusseldorf want to keep him. You know, they've, they've not been deterred by the fact that he's been injured for the best part of the entire 2020 year so far. Um, they want to keep him for another year if they can. Florian Kastenmaier has stepped in in his place in goal and, and been fantastic as well. So they've got a competitive you know, spot to play for between two goalkeepers there. So it's it's fun for Stefan as well to have to compete for that. Um, but for for him, I, I think he should stay another year because otherwise he'd just go back to Man City and you know, sadly not going to be able to play ahead of Edison there. So for him, it's great experience that he can build. And hopefully if he does stay another season, um, he can stay fit and and probably cement himself as the number one again if he if he was able to stay fit for a full season. Do you think that that's going to be contingent on Dusseldorf actually staying up in the Bundesliga? Yeah, very much so. I think if um, you know as as much as he would obviously still play every week in the Zweite Bundesliga, I'm not sure if Zach Steffen himself would would want to drop to that level. I think he's proven that he's of a Bundesliga calibre already. He's he's one of the players that you, he's he's one of the most impressive goalkeepers so far in the season. So I think if Dusseldorf did go down, he could very much see himself get offers from other teams. You know, obviously he played for Freiburg before in the past, a few years ago. Maybe that's an option for him. There's there's plenty of teams around who are going to be looking for, for fresh faces. Um, and the goalkeeper position is so important in the Bundesliga as well, the way that teams play out from the back. So, 
um, yeah, it is contingent on whether they stay up or not. So, but I, I, I think personally that you know him and, and the Bundesliga is a very good match. So whether or not Fortuna does sort of go down, I think it would be nice to be able to see him stick around and and, and maybe play another couple of seasons in the Bundesliga. Now, one of the other reports was that Nubel was going to be leaving Schalke and heading over to Bayern Munich. Would uh, if if Dusseldorf get relegated, could Zach Steffen be the replacement at Schalke for him? Maybe that's a good shout because um, you know Marcus Schubert has been the the guy who stepped up to to replace Alexander Nubel already. Um, he did so when Nubel got suspended for his red card against Frankfurt, and um, and obviously since the the transfer that you mentioned got announced, um, David Wagner's said that Schubert is going to be his number one for the rest of the season. Um, he's been really good to be honest in the games that he's played. I mean they suffered a five nil defeat to the Bayern Munich, but Schubert made something like 12 saves in the game. So it could have been a lot worse without him. Um, so he's been impressive as well. It would be another situation for Stefan where he'd have to compete really hard for the for the number one spot. But, you know, the way that he played in the first half of the season, there's no reason to to rule out any of these sort of top teams uh, looking at a player like Stefan to, to help bolster their squad. Absolutely. I, I want to look back at the top of the table because we still have a, a league race here with, with Bayern Munich, Dortmund and Leipzig all separated by four points. Um, we look back on the Leipzig uh, squad, and, and we, we've already commented on how they're our young side. Their oldest player is actually 30 years old, the backup goalkeeper. Does does that does that help Leipzig in terms of being able to battle an older Bayern Munich side and a, and a Dortmund side that is that is actually on the younger side as well? But do, Leipzig seem to play with this fire and this fury, and they they play well on both ends of the of the pitch. Does the does the youth actually help them in possibly overturning the apple cart here and maybe running to the title? I think so because you know it's not just the players as well. It's one of my favourite things about Leipzig. You know they they get a lot of stick for being you know Red Bull endorsed and and not really the Bundesliga traditional way of doing things. But they've always um, you know devoted themselves to a, a concept where they sign young players and develop them. They they're not going out and spending fifty sixty million euros on a player. They're they're spending you know twenty or less on a guy like Danny Olmo or or Yusuf Paulson, you know, some of these guys have been with them since the third division. So um, they, they bring them in, they, they, they develop them, they're young. Um, I always remember listening to Ralph Ranić speak a few years ago and he talked about the three C's that they have, which is concept, um, competence and capital. So they have their concept of buying these young players. They have the, the competence to not go out and spend big money on a, on a, you know, a, a big star to try and get themselves a Bundesliga title. And they have um, the capital to support the way that they want to do things. And mm-hmm. um, that all adds up as well with the coach, Julian Nagelsmann, who's just skyrocketed into the Bundesliga world in the last few years with Hoffenheim. And, and he embodies the same sort of fearless nature of this squad. You know, as you said, they, they have this lack of experience, but with that comes a fearless nature where, they know that they're good enough to compete with these teams. They they know that they can you know hold their own and and they go into every game with the likes of Bayern and, and Dortmund with without any fear and and you know Bayern have had struggles in the past. You know the likes of Jerome Boateng have definitely stepped off the gas in the last few years. Manuel Neuer came under criticism. It's the same as Dortmund. They've got a lot of leaks in defence and it's not. It's definitely not as good as it's been before in the past. So there's definitely room where Leipzig can try and take advantage of it. It just depends on whether or not Leipzig are really able to stick it out for an entire season because, um, you know, the main thing of, of, a, of a season is it's not how you start, it's how you finish and having the consistency to be able to go through an entire season is what makes the difference and it's why Bayern often end up 
on top of the table because they end the season so well. So if Leipzig can try and emulate that and have a good end to this season, I've got no worries that they can try and compete at, at the top level for the next few years, definitely. And, and Bayern were certainly on that run when everything halted uh, back in uh, back in March. I, I do want to go further down the table a little bit and ask you about the last European spot, the last Europa League spot, currently occupied by Schalke at 37 points. There are five teams separated by five points vying for that one spot in European competition. Wolfsburg again at 36, Freiburg at 36, Hoffenheim at 35, and then Cologne at 32, which is still has an outside chance to get in there. Prediction time from you. Once we finish this season, who holds that last Europa League spot? Is it Schalke or does Wolf, Wolfsburg make a run at it or do you see one of the other teams? That's an evil question. That's an <laughs> evil question. <laughs> it's it's going to be one of the most fun parts of the season to watch. Again, just because of how many teams there are, as you said, um, and all the different storylines like Schalke coming back from such a disappointing season. Um, David Wagner has been fantastic for them and Weston McKinney has been outstanding again. And then you've got, you know, even even an Union Berlin possibly could push themselves up. Cologne as well have been fighting relegation for most of the season and then just totally turned things around in the last two or three months. Um, I know I'm trying to think of what my prediction would be, but it's quite difficult just because of how many teams are involved and 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 where everyone you know can go. Every every result makes a huge difference, and these guys are playing against each other a lot. So. Um, I mean, if I had to put my neck on the line, I'd probably say, I'd probably say a Wolfsburg, just because I think they have a bit more depth of their squad. I mean, Schalke's, Schalke have had a lot of problems in defence, where they've had to deal with the injuries of Salif Sane and Ojan Kabak, who are both coming back, of course, in the next couple of weeks. But it's meant that they've struggled against game against teams like the likes of Leipzig and, and possibly Dortmund. We'll have to wait and see this week. Um, whereas Wolfsburg have not just relied on you know the goals of Wout Weghorst. It's much more of a team effort. And um, I really like the way that Oliver Glasner has come in and, and instilled the way he wants to play on, on Wolfsburg. It's been really fun for them to watch. So I think if I was going to put my neck out and say one team, it would it would probably be Wolfsburg. Now, Alex, I know I'm going back to an article that the Bundesliga had written a couple of days ago about how the American soccer players are being based over there in Germany. You know, we obviously had mentioned the likes of Weston McKinney at Schalke, you know, obviously Gio Reyna at Dortmund, Tyler Adams at Leipzig, Stack Steffen, obviously, as we mentioned. But, you know, you have Josh Sargent at Werder Bremen and, and many others as well. I mean, you know, how, how has that been faring out over there in, in, in the Bundesliga of seeing so many American nationals currently on the books uh, over there in Germany? Yeah, it's a huge thing. Um, it has been for the last few years just because, you know, you get the likes of McKenney who, you know, his father comes over when he's young military and, and is based over here and they just pick it up. And um, same case with Alfredo Morales. You get a lot of these German-American sort of dual nationality players. And at the moment, I think it's thriving in the Bundesliga. There's so many, you know, even a Timothy Chandler who's, you know, very much looked like he was coming towards the end of his career. He's struggled with injuries and um, not been really able to find himself a spot in the Frankfurt team. But this season, he's been fantastic. He's only played 14 games just because of certain injuries, but he's been playing further at the pitch. He's been scoring plenty of goals. And, you know, um, they're, they're battling these American guys. Even I think one of my favourite ones is Josh Sargent. And I think he gets a, the least amount of respect or, you know, expectation from, from Bundesliga fans, especially in Germany. They don't expect much from him. Um, and it's been a struggling season for Bremen, of course. It's, you know, the only player you can really say from their squad who's been a stand-up performer is Milot Rashica. 
Um, so for Sargent, he's he's had a difficult season, but he's had amazing moments. Um, just thinking about the the goal he scored against Augsburg right at the start of the season, where he latched onto a, a through ball from Nusahin, and the first touch was dodgy. It sort of like kicked him, kicked the ball onto himself, but he then somehow flicked it over the goalkeeper and and, and tapped it in. So these guys have talent and. They're really stamping their authority on the Bundesliga, and there's there's a lot more waiting in the wings to come. You know, the likes of Chris Richards at Bayern Munich and Brady Scott is a young goalkeeper at Cologne who's got a bright future ahead of him. So there's there's the big guys, and you know, Christian Pulisic was probably the first one who's inspired this sort of run of of American guys coming over to the Bundesliga at an early age. And I would not be surprised if there were there were many more to come in the next few years. Now, Joe, obviously for you and I, I think it's important that we have this kind of caliber because, as we'd mentioned, you know, the players such as, uh, you know, your Tyler Adams at 21, Weston McKinney at 21, uh, you know, the likes of uh, Jordan Morris, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Josh Sargent at 20, um, even uh, the one that just debuted uh, for the national team a couple months ago but hasn't made a debut yet for Wolfsburg, uh, Ulysses Linus. So, you know, I, and of course with many other players as well, like Gio Reyna, for example, I mean, this is a really crucial moment for, for at least for the United States side to see their players uh, and, and young players as well getting considerable minutes uh, in the Bundesliga. It, it's pivotal, you know. It it is something that I think that the U.S. men's national team, the soccer federation, needs to keep an eye on. I think these players and and you and I have said this all along, Rob. It, having these players go over to play in uh, Germany. Well, we've always said Europe, but the focus lately has been Germany um, has really gone to development of the players themselves. We've seen what it's done for Christian Pulisic coming over. Now, obviously Weston McKinney and what he's done at the national team level. It's, it's been a huge help. Tyler Adams making the jump from New York Red Bull to RB Leipzig and, and playing in that, uh, in that number six role, that, that defensive position I think has been uh, wonders for him as well in his career. Just, you know, the translation back to the men's national team has always been a, a point of issue for me personally. Um, but I think even um, like, like you guys were talking about earlier uh, at Eintracht Frankfurt with Timmy Chandler, who really kind of fell off the radar. Uh, but, but Eintracht and Idi Hooter uh, making the change to a back four, which has allowed Timmy Chandler to get back into the, into the mix and playing more like that wing back has really advanced him. And he's kind of skyrocketed in, in terms of putting himself back on the map as well. So the Bundesliga in general, I think has been a great spot for the young American to develop. And, and even you, you look at the older Americans, we look at like Fabian Johnson, who's still over there at Mönchengladbach, um, you know, not getting quite as much time, but it's certainly done well for his career to be there. We, we've seen the the American, the U.S. men's national team draw on many of these players. And I think we've seen it for the last 20, 25 years, and, and it'll probably continue moving forward. Um, Alex, I did want to close with one more question for you. Looking sure. back at these players, uh, you know, and, and really as, as a player to watch, one thing that I noticed, Rob and I were talking about uh, the Bundesliga before we started, and we looked at players that have total points, goals and assists. And in the top five, uh, the top five listed names in the top five leagues in uh, Europe, uh, numbers three, four, and five are all occupied by players that play in the Bundesliga. Jaden Sancho, which uh, which leads everybody goals and assists, 14 goals, 16 assists, uh, 30 points, only behind Lyle, Lionel Messi in terms of goals and assists combination. Uh, you know, Lionel Messi's at 19 goals, 12 assists, 31 points. Jaden Sancho, one point behind. Robert Lewandowski currently leading the Bundesliga in goal scoring on 25 goals and 28 points. And then Timo Werner is top five uh, for RB Leipzig with 21 goals and seven assists. We've also seen Erling Haaland really burst onto the onto the front page here for the Bundesliga. He scored nine goals so far in the season, and he seems like he's just on a on a meteoric a meteoric 
rise. Can someone like Holland get into that goal scoring um, conversation with uh, with this little amount of time to go? Is this going to be Lewandowski's golden boot, or do we see maybe Timo Werner upsetting the apple cart there? I, I have a really strange feeling about Robert Lewandowski possibly even breaking the the all-time Bundesliga record for a wow. season, which is 40 goals from Gerd Müller. Um, you know, he, he's, a, he's been on 25 and he's only played 23 games. Obviously, he missed a couple of them. And he had such an, a quick a quick start. He was the first player in Bundesliga history to score, I think it was in the first 11 games of the season. I think it was 11, it might have been 12, um, which is just ridiculous. And, and for him, um, you know, having missed those two games, uh, he's going to have fire in his belly and, and want to come back and make sure that not only he gets his you know golden boot title and defends it from the likes of Timo Werner and, and maybe a late push from Erling Haaland, but he wants to make sure that Bayern win another title. So for for me, I'm I'm most scared about seeing Robert Lewandowski. But just overall, it's just awesome to see how many players have scored this incredible amount of goals. As you said, with Jaden Sancho as well, it's ridiculous that he's been able to put up these numbers at his age and and for Erling Haaland as well. I think we're pretty. I'm pretty sure we're going to see him reach at least 15, 16, maybe even 20 goals for the season, and that's just for half a season. Half a season, which is pretty ridiculous, to be honest. Um, so I'm very much looking forward to seeing what he can do from a full season um, from next season, um, which would be fantastic. And there's so many young other players around, like Sebastian Anderson has scored the most headed goals across Europe's top five leagues for Union Berlin. Robin Quaison has been um, fantastic for Mainz, and it's quite fun how. You know, there's a lot of the top scorers are actually from teams who are really struggling. You know, Anderson and Quaison, both Union in mid-table, Mainz hovering around relegation. Ruben Hennings has 11 for Fortuna, even though he hasn't scored in 2020, which is ridiculous. Um, there's so many goals and players you can watch across the Bundesliga who are scoring um, consistently. Um, so it is so much fun to see and, and the young players as well thriving. It's, it's why I love the Bundesliga so much and, and why I think a lot of people love watching it. And another amazing fact, and another reason to watch the Bundesliga, just something that a little tidbit here. In that same list of the top 10 uh, players, goals and assists across the top five leagues, only three players are under 25 years old. They are Kylian Mbappe at PSG, Timo Werner, 24 years old, and Jaden Sancho. So there's amazing, talented youth at the Bundesliga. They're going to be the first league to come back in the top five leagues they're going to get the sole spotlight on the stage and i think everyone should tune in this coming weekend and catch uh many of these matches especially the the dusseldorf paddleborn match and the schalke dortmund match i think they're going to be great exhibits of what bundesliga football is so gentlemen i do want to thank you both for joining me and helping give this refresher on the bundesliga as we get back into top five league football live football here uh post-coronavirus. So for Alex Schaefer, for Roberto Rojas, I am Joe Ucello. Thanks for listening and good night.